My Michelle Live Podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports Time Out. The fans, the field, the fate, the fun. Here's Michelle. Yes, I am. Thank you for joining us today. It is sports time out where we talk about the sports of the week. I invite a round table of fellas to join in today. I'm going to introduce them to you so you know what you're dealing with today. It's going to be fast, furious, fun, loud, and we always try to get to a deeper story, an inspirational story. And isn't there always one in sports? So let's go with what we got here. We have got Joshua McMillan. He is our sports authority and we call him our Wookiee of the Year. Wookiee of the Year, Josh McMillan. There you go, Chewie. Uh, We have Pastor Chaplin, coach, player, and all-around great guy, Garrick Payne. Get ready to get pinged. Get ready to get could have just said amen amen and we have a veteran sports reporter author of uh, thunder sports network rich hallstrom encyclopedia rich the encyclopedia Matt Peel, he is the author of, I'll even grab the book because I have it handy, The Athletes in the Game of Life. Oh, boy, it's doing that weird thing. But you'll take my word for it. You can even find it it's, at mymichellelive.com. Matt Peel. What a guy. 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 Boom. All right, guys. Uh, it is time. You might want to turn it down just a moment. This is how we get revved up, just like as if you were doing trivia night, right? We take we take the question out of the subject of sports. 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 Yep, it is time for us to take on sports today, and we're going to start with. The Olympics. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Olympics have been on in full, and we are going to give you a medals count. We've been uh, we've been kind of battling with China over medals, so we'll get that medals count in just a moment. But uh, what are, have been the best? events that you guys have been watching let's start with rich well i'm gonna say i got uh, uh one thing to say wrestling needs more airtime. Wrestling, wrestling almost didn't make the cut i mean it's been a battle for wrestling and even though wrestling was at the very first olympus thousands of years yeah ago, it's, what the heck? it's a yeah it's a foundational sport and uh oh, wrestling yeah. need, wrestling needs more respect uh Gabe Stevenson in the United States wins the 125 kilogram class the other night, scores five points in the last 10 seconds of his match and wins 10-8. And he's going to possibly be a future WWE star. He draped himself in the flag and uh, great, you know, but those foundational sports, that's where the 
that's where the Olympics has got to has got to go, and they've got to keep their mind to things. And also, the U.S. women's national team uh, gets a bronze. Hey, whoa, 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 but whoa. very wait, wait, disappointing. Wait, wait. I'm just asking what you want. You know, we're not going to go into all of the you know ins and outs. We'll get there in just a moment. Let's give uh, some other thoughts to what sport. What events have really drawn your attention? That's the first uh, question, and then we'll get to some of the highlights. So uh, let's go with Garrick. <clears throat> well, for me, it's a little bit different. One of the things that I found on YouTube the other day was um, was the countries who had not meddled much in the past, and mm. it, it showed kind of a compilation of different sports where um, where people meddled in countries where they hadn't before. Like for example, uh, there was a, a female weightlifter from the Philippines who, um, who won their first Olympic gold medal, uh, you know, that, that type of thing. So I've actually been enjoying watching all the sports, especially the ones that are a little bit less out in front, like basketballs and things like that. Yes. So I, I've been enjoying watching uh, some of the more obscure sports. Absolutely, Joshua. Yeah, I haven't watched a whole lot of Olympics, but the one thing that I've actually really enjoyed, and a lot of people have caught on to this, the men's curling team won gold. They just look like a bunch of dads at a barbecue that are just out there <laughs> casually winning a gold medal. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I don't know, like it makes me feel like I could go out there and, and do curling with these guys and have a good time and, you know, grill a couple steaks or something. <laughs> I thought curling was a winter sport. I didn't realize yeah, curling was. Yeah, what, what Olympics are you watching, Josh? I, maybe I'm just getting highlights, that, I, but that's one thing I was seeing is the, the men's curling team that just looks uh, literally like... Yes, curling is a winter sport. Maybe we change the guys, Josh is right. He Josh hasn't been watching much has Olympics. a newborn. All he's doing is going in and kind of watching. Uh, and, and I do have some fun stories from past... Olympics and past events that do recirculate around the uh, time of the Olympics. But, you know, and, and Josh is more of a winter sports guy, I have to say. He's more of a winter guy, <laughs> we've noticed. Matt, how about you? I, like Garrick, I enjoyed seeing the um, not made for prime time players. So, like this morning at the health club, they had on one TV was equestrian and the other one was women's field hockey. And it's just neat seeing I, I, whatever is not Something mainstream, which is gymnastics, swimming, um, things like that. I enjoy because you're right. We get to see other countries that aren't yeah. meddling as much. And, and, and stuff that you don't typically see on television either. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's, it's actually cool. really uh, it's a good time. They're truly passionate. They're truly passionate in the badminton players about what they do. And, you know, at home they have day and night jobs because you're not getting paid typically that much to play ping pong. So, <laughs> you know, maybe win a few beers at, down at the bar, but it's it, seeing these people really at the top of their game and the passion that they bring to it, um, you know, winning or losing. That's, that's pretty cool. You know, one thing I'll say about professional yeah. ping pong is one of my favorite videos of all time is two professional ping pong players playing against Bruce Lee, who's playing with nunchucks. Oh, yeah. Watching Bruce oh, my Lee gosh. Beat them. That is crazy. That what? was... Yeah, look that up. Bruce okay. Lee, ping pong. Oh my gosh. It's one of the greatest videos of all time. I mean, the man is a legend. I know? have the tried thing, huh? 
I have oh trained God. some with nunchucks, and I tell you, to to have the control to be able to hit a ping pong. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it is. To, it, he beat the two professionals playing against him. He beat them with nunchucks. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> it was crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Really? Okay, I'm looking it up right now because I think you guys have to have to see this. <laughs> Thank you, Josh, for that shiny squirrel tangent. <laughs> You're, you're welcome. Awesome. I'll always go off the trail for Bruce Lee. Him and Chuck Norris. They're the two. They're the two. Um, Bruce Lee is a beast. Okay, for me, um, I am in, I really enjoy some of the shooting events. And mm. um, I'm surprised in our era of political correctness and canceling things that we find offensive that they would allow people to shoot firearms in competition without, you know, people coming unglued. I, I enjoy watching them anyway, but I'm wondering if they're going to have longevity with the way people feel, I, you know, just saying. The IOC doesn't care about what the United States government yeah, says about well, I firearms. I understand that, but correct. you know, why aren't we here? I'm, I'm just amazed that we aren't hearing people uh, come unglued because they're, you know. It's because it's the Olympics. And if you really want to get into that uh, bailiwick, you'd be criticizing the Olympics as a, as an event without, criticizing a performance of the performance of an athlete or the choices of an athlete there's a there's a huge difference in those two things would you guys like to see bruce lee oh yeah Kong? Put, All right. put him up now if sure. you if you guys don't see it as readily as our audience i am sorry it's just the way things are set up but, uh, it's uh, in black and white and seriously he is using nunchucks for those of you who are listening and not watching he's using nunchucks against a ping pong player and he is nailing it he is killing it how i mean this is crazy so, just, just goes to show he had tremendous hand eye coordination. He's turning around lifting his leg under his <laughs> leg around his back what the heck that is freaking amazing. Would you like to have seen him in the Olympics in the ping pong? Oh, absolutely. Maybe? Would that have been really cool, you know, with nunchucks? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, sir, you have improper equipment. You're not going to be allowed to use those. Well, maybe if he wears a Speedo, that would be okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't imagine the timing you have to have because he keeps the nunchucks in I know. perfect, constant motion and still manages to time it up to hit the ping pong ball perfectly to serve it to the other side. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. an insane amount of talent that you have to have there. That he, Michelle, can can I put it up onto the Zoom? Is that, is uh, that? We are, well, we already saw it for our listening audience. So uh, I'm just okay. going to encourage, uh, just for those of you who are, um, who are listening or watching uh, because of our setup, we stream to a lot of different oh, okay. areas and we use a streaming service uh in order to do that now our our cameras are all set up for studio for the listening and viewing audience not so much for our guests so i my apologies to you guys for not being able to see that it's but you're welcome screen. yeah, yeah there we go. The green screen you oh, just sorry gotta, you gotta I just act missed with it, it you know okay <laughs> but you guys are welcome are to show what you would like to show when you'd like to show it. It is the time that Rich Hallstrom has been waiting for, for some of those Olympic highlights. Let's talk about some of the highlights that you want to share, Rich. 
Well, the highlights have to start with the lowlights. U.S. women's national team uh, gets only a bronze, and uh, not ha- I'm disappointed. No, they let's talk had about a, that for a they moment. They should have had a more fo- they should have had a more focused effort. You've got the best opportunities in the United States for women's for women as athletes. Inexcusable. All right. So, what was behind that, Garrick? What What's the deal? Well. No, I don't know that I completely agree with Rich in the sense that um, that yeah, it was a an opportunity, and we clearly have some of the best talent in the world. But there's nothing wrong with a bronze medal either. And and the I other, didn't, I didn't say there was anything wrong with the bronze medal. Well, I you said did there, say you're I disappointed. Said I said I am disappointed because it is the best women's national team in the world, and not they according failed. to the medal count. And no, and they've okay. Then you can't criticize me for bringing up the fact about the bronze fact about the bronze medal. Then the U S the U S women's national team program is the best program in the world. And they failed to win a gold medal. They failed to win a gold medal for women's soccer. Yes. Okay. Matt, let's say you, Oh, go ahead, Josh. We'll we'll get you. I feel like the world's caught up to them. I mean, they were the word, the best they won. But the world is catching up to them, and women's soccer was was the best in, here well, and, in and, the past. But and they're, therein, they don't hold on to it forever. And I think therein lies some of maybe Rich's criticism is the fact that they they maybe are not as focused as they need to be because they're focusing on you know their protests and things like that. <laughs> and so when it comes down to being on the pitch and getting it done. I mean, that, their mm. first their first match where they got blown out was a total embarrassment, and okay. so um, so th- there's clearly something that's that's not connected. Well, I th- uh, don't you think, Garrick, that 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 this U.S. team? Uh, let's just stick to the soccer part of things for for a minute here. Let's let's divide things up here for a minute. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team, uh, they're getting older. And they need to uh, replenish the talent stock of talent stock of their team, uh, you know, because uh, Megan Rapinoe and all the veterans cannot play forever. And I think that's maybe where we've seen the world catch up and seen, you know, them maybe get passed by a little bit. What do you think? Oh, I, I, I don't feel like they're not getting it done on the pitch except for when they don't. Right. <laughs> and so the age could be a factor, of course. Um, however, there, they are still, I mean, when, when you see them play, you know, they, they played very well in the final scoring those goals and are in, in their, their final, which was the bronze medal round. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think some might, might argue that. And, and I think it's, I mean, going back to an American football analogy, you, you look at, kind of the difference between the Seahawks and the New England Patriots, for example, and how New England was constantly re- retooling and restocking uh, depth and players and bringing in fresh blood, whereas the Seahawks, and more recently we've done better, but and some might not agree with me, but the Seahawks tended to be more loyal to their players. And so as a result, some of them got a little long in the tooth. And so... So that that there that may be some valid criticism there uh, as well, Rich. Who would you, who would you say is the best women's player on the U.S. national team right now? Matt, who, what do you think? You're a soccer guy. 
I am a soccer guy, and um, in in my protesting the protest, uh, I really didn't watch a lot of it, so I, I I would have to bow out on any comment on this one, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, Garrick, overall on just their lack of focus. Let you me know, yeah, and let me ask you about that. Um, everyone here has played to a degree, or reported and watched, and have been interconnected deeply with sports. Okay, so when you are focused that hard on uh, your protests, on your kneeling and things, is it a distraction or is it just an annoyance to the uh, to those who maybe uh, see it from a different point of view? Guys, anyone? Well, I think I, it's a distraction. I'm sorry, Garrett, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Matt. I, I think it's a distraction. Anytime you have something else going on in the locker room, um, besides you know, the, your sport that you're doing, your job, just think of any other day job out there. When someone's bringing in drama from outside, whether it's relationship drama or what the kids and it distracts you from doing your job, then the entire unit suffers. So I think there's a lot of validity to that. Uh, not everyone's going to be on board with the protest. You just can't assume all 22 players are going to agree with you, but because you're the veteran or the captain, you're kind of going to bully that person in, whether it's officially um, put out there or not. And if you better toe this line because we're doing this together or nothing. So you just suck it up. And that just, it's a little bit of mental uh, edge away from you. Everyone kind of agree with that or is anyone? A, a true professional can divide those two areas and concentrate. Well, both. you and, know what? And concentrate that's, that's, and concentrate. A true professional yeah, no, can divide no. those areas and concentrate. That's, you know what? No. that's part of no. Matt's point. You know, a true professional is a, still a person. And you're when you have some big things that are going on in your life, maybe, you know, maybe to a degree they can say, okay, we leave it in the locker room uh, or we leave it at the sidelines while we're kneeling, whatever. But, you know, I, I, I think that that's, that's an oversimplification. I think that we are human beings. I mean, we saw it with Simone Biles, you know, she's a true professional. She had a hard time handling things. You know, it, it, you're dealing with things and you've seen uh, people who have lost family members or dealt with uh, personal issues that it, it, it can either propel you or it can distract you. I so I don't. I think that oh. might. I hear your point. I think it's an oversimplification in my view. Yeah, I don't know. I'll chime in a little bit here. Like the Simone Biles thing, I think that was blown a little bit out of proportion. I think that gymnastics are a very difficult sport, and you have to have your mind and body right. The way that she described it, when I read what she was saying about it, it wasn't that she was dealing with like depression or something. She was dealing with where she wasn't quite feeling right on the last half turn. And when you're doing gymnastics, if you do one wrong thing, it could end your career. It could keep you from walking for the rest of your life. You know, it's something that's really intense. And do I, so I understand where she's coming from. Do I also understand that if like, you know, LeBron James said that like, yeah, I'm not feeling good. So I'm not going to play in the last game of the finals. Like, he would get lambasted for it. But yes, the other thing we have to respect is that they're, they're very different sports. You know, having your game off a little bit in basketball is not going to put you in a wheelchair, you know, where it has legitimately happened for gymnasts who have played, who've gone out there and done their thing when they weren't feeling right. And it ended their careers and they weren't able to walk again. I mean, that is a legitimate thing that's happened even at the Olympic level when people have forced themselves into it. So it's all, there's, 
things we have to take into account. You know, it's all it's not all one size fits all for all these situations. Well, here, here I think there, there's another factor as well as just what's going on in terms of other things. But because of the fact that they have always been so dominant, there's kind of this a little bit of an arrogance that women's says, you know, team or yep. the, yes, the, the U.S. Women's, women's soccer team. And so when they when they went into that game against Sweden, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just Sweden. And I mean, Sweden has a good team. And I mean, to to be shut out three nil, um, I think it just really, really shocked them. And um, and I think, you know, all the factors that have been discussed, I, I think, are, are fair and legitimate. And um, and so, you know, you, you've just always got to be aware. And, and if we go over to the to the men's national team uh, and, and a good example of that is when when they played against Jamaica and Jamaica came out, I mean, within the first 30 seconds, nearly scored. And and it it woke them up, I think, because they I mean, Jamaica's never been an easy team for us to, to beat, but uh, but I think you, you just always have to be on. Well, Jamaica, let's go back to that example for a second, Garrick. Jamaica is a much better team than a lot of people give them credit for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think it's... Especially it's, their bobsled team. Yes. <laughs> cool run-ins, cool run-ins. Oh, what a great movie. I love that movie. Right, right. Uh, something that maybe we can take into account too is uh, a little banter that was going on on social media. Speaking of Megan Rapino um, winning bronze there versus Australia and all of that. And is she long in the tooth? I think she, you know, there's some things that she does that I go, yeah, I don't agree with that off the field, but on the field, man, she's freaking amazing. And she's got, she brings life to her team and leadership on the field. Uh, people were bantering around up in the Seattle area. If she might be a good addition uh, to the um, MLS commentary. Oh, I thought you were going to say to the Sounders. I was thinking, ah, no. <laughs> you mean you mean to their coaching staff or no, to, no. to their commentary, to color color commentary on on no, why not? Yeah, I think she would their be, broadcast team. If if it's a different she can, skill though, if she could, you know? yeah. Well, she's we've seen her do a lot of talking, and I think she can do that, and she knows her sport. If it can be apolitical, I'd be like, yeah, bring it. Pink hair and all. Let's do it. Uh, some other things going on in the Olympics. I wanted to get to the count. As I said, that we have been battling with China going back and forth. Uh, Japan is leading the medal count or it's third place, followed uh, in front of them, the United States, 31 gold medals. Um China, 36 gold medals. As I said, uh, Japan in third place with 24. And that's in the gold alone. Uh, don't let me confuse things. Uh, we are leading the United States, the overall medal count at 98. So a really great testament to how great the, uh, the United States is doing. 
there have been some really inspirational moments. I wanted to, and, and if somebody else wants to make sure that you, we can all see this and you want to uh, look this up later, uh, we, we, should, we can talk about this ahead of time. But uh, wrestling, let's talk wrestling real quick, Rich. Women's wrestling. Well, um, <laughs> the, the U.S. had the first black women's wrestler to win a gold medal tamara mintz stock i believe is her name i don't i wanted to check that pronunciation that's the closest pronunciation that i was able to check this morning she won the very first gold medal by a black woman for the united states in this year's olympics and great you don't need to see this all you need to do is hear this to hear how excited she is wrapped in an american flag uh touting her joy it is just amazing how are you is that just precious i mean oh my gosh just precious that and might the be the best the reaction to the olympics yeah. you know I, the side sports are more fun to watch because you get that that's genuine that's authentic she's proud of her country. it doesn't matter who she voted for she didn't give a damn on Come that on. right she's yeah. proud to be an american you know and the that, one other one I'll, I'll put in for best reaction was actually one of the commentators for the u.s men's soccer alex lalas i think his name is alexi lalas alexi lalas that's right yeah i, 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 I just i remember him as the mustache <laughs> high five uh, to that was, but i really liked the way that he reacted after they won the cup and he's like, you know, it's just like, you're proud to be an American and yeah, it's that, just great. Like he, he teared up a little bit on camera and that, yeah, that was, that was that after was the gold cup. And you know what? I, I'm not a Lexi Lawless fan uh, with Garrick, but uh, his reaction was beautiful after the U S won the, the uh, cup. Uh, against Mexico. What a game that was. Um, we're going to get to that in just a moment because we'll, we'll talk some additional soccer beyond just the bronze for the U.S. Uh, women's team. Another Olympic gold medalist that was grateful to have won and grateful to represent her country uh, was a, another ex ecstatic story. I'm going to let you listen to one of the news reports of this I think if I press play right here we go Oh, there has to be a big lead into celebration <laughs> of America and Olympic gold medalist proudly representing the red white and blue draped in the flag while proclaiming how much she loves our country. Tamira Mintz uh, Stock says, quote, I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it and I'm so happy I get to represent USA. What? How? What? What? Are you kidding me? Who says that anymore? I just thought that was really a precious reaction as well, guys. Oh, yeah. That's that's who Rich had talked about. And, and that reaction that I heard about her the way that she responded just 
it, it, it gave me um, the, you know, the good kind of goosebumps as far as um, it, it just made me proud to be an American. And I, I was just really grateful that she responded the way she did. Yeah. Well, it just I, I shows all of that so that you could just soak it in. Go ahead, Rich. It just shows that equal opportunity leads to greatness. All of the, all of these people are willing to put their effort into something greater than themselves, into something greater than than themselves. And the, the Olympics, in my opinion, are one of the greatest showcases for the power and the inspiration and the inspiration of God to push ourselves and all the abilities that he has given the human body and us as human beings. I mean, it's a, it's a great display and it's a great way to witness to people because of the references that are also contained in God's word that are referenced in the Bible that tell us about that, about that history to run the race and to make that and to make that mark and to stand up for what is and to stand up for what is right that's why the i believe the olympics ultimately transcend and jump over politics we won't remember the politics we will remember all all of these gold medalists we'll remember Caleb Dressel we'll remember Tamara Mensah stock we won't remember the politics Although the politics have been a big deal, Herschel Walker, if you remember him, he's a, a he was a former Olympiad, a retired football player. Uh, he uh, competed in bobsledding, curiously enough, a sprinter, mixed martial art artist, and he was he he had some pretty strong words uh, concerning some of the protests. He, he said when he uh, started seeing the United States flag and seeing people, the uniforms, and his teammates from all these sports coming into the stadium he said it brought a tear to his eye when he was thinking of where he grew up in his little hometown uh, having the chance to represent the united states of america he said this i couldn't have been more proud of anything and he thinks that sports icons should encourage olympic athletes to send a better message he says it's sad to me because any other country i can promise you uh you would not be representing your country if you're not going out there strong and proud and and going there to represent your country you know when you hear a medalist saying i won this for me for nobody else well then you should have just competed for yourself and not as an american but you know i think that's the point that herschel's making First of all, Herschel's right on in, in the first point that he made. The second point is that none of those athletes got there by themselves. That's what we've also seen from the Zoom reactions from the family and friends when we have when NBC has shown those watch parties of family and friends all gathered around the TV. So for any athlete to say, I won this and I did this for myself. That's not true. A lot of people made sacrifices so that you could pursue your dream. And that's something that you should never forget, regardless of what country you're representing. All right. Uh, good stuff there as we continue to watch, uh, continue to 
root on America. Uh, it, it's been fun for me, guys, watching, uh, yeah, having sports on all the time. I mean, it's like around the clock. So I really enjoyed it. Josh referenced something that I thought was really worth talking about, and that's the uh, CONCACAF uh, Gold Cup. Uh, who watched the final? Show of hands. Show of hands. Show of hands. Okay. I forgot it was on. I'll be I forgot it was on. I forgot it was on. Oh my gosh. Uh, my TV's stuck on Olympics, guys. Sorry. I'm fired. I'm fired. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah, you and I, still... Matt, are both fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know. The bald guys are fired today. <laughs> Gotta be honest, guys. That was that was some match. I mean, we had to go to uh, go past regular time. Uh, it was scoreless in regular time. Um, we had to go to was it double overtime? Double extra time? It was the, the second extra time. Second yeah. extra time. And, and where? They, they, yeah, they played all the way out. Ahead. They don't have golden goal anymore. They used to have golden goal where in extra time. Whomever scores first wins, but they 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 play it out completely. That was an excellent change. I really agree with I yeah. really agree with that yeah. change. Yeah. yeah. It's like the runner uh, on second in the extra innings. I don't want that. I want to I want to play ball. Thank you. Oh, you don't you don't like that second base runner, huh? Oh no. Okay. Look. <laughs> You, you've sat through three I hours. I opened a can of worms here. <laughs> oh my god! Sat through three hours of baseball, Eric, Eric, and Eric. now we're like in the ninth inning, and it's all tied up. And like, all right, we're going to extra innings. Things are really exciting. There's all this tension, and you know what? Let's make sure the game ends sooner. Let's make sure that we get out of this really exciting, high tense, high leverage situation sooner. The by funny thing is, Josh, you should love the extra inning and the base runner because the Mariners have taken. Quite a few advantages of that during the season. <laughs> yeah, no, that, we know you're a, you're a Seattle Mariners fan. You know, I like to think they they could have won it without that. But yes, they have taken advantage of it. But I, I just I hate the idea of when baseball is at its best in those really tense end of game situations that we're artificially making it over sooner. That's just I hate it. Which I'm glad they're getting rid of it. So, well, so yes, that of, was a little bit of a can of words. Guys, just, kind of just to bring back, just to bring back, just okay, to, if you right. were listening and you and you were like Matt and Rich and maybe Josh that didn't watch uh, the the Gold Cup, the United States men's national team won uh, one nil, and it was really a spectacular game. So, we we beat Mexico, who has become really our arch rival. Um, and Mexico, we, we beat them earlier as well, um, earlier this year. And so it was, it was a yeah. major grudge match. And, and you saw that throughout the game. It was intense. It was hard fought. Um, it was, I think, pretty well refereed. And, um, and it, it, was, it was an exciting Actually, game. it was fairly well refereed. And if I remember right, it was maybe the youngest ref to ever uh, officiate mm -hmm. in, in uh, CONCACAF Gold Cup, if I remember uh, right. But, uh, yeah, I think it was fairly well done. Maybe because he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders being the young guy. He's got to prove and do it right, you know, because I could get... Or maybe he wanted to get out of the stadium before either... Uh, group of fans had, uh, <laughs> assaulted his car that well, maybe what the that guy maybe. said <laughs> <laughs> that okay, so maybe. none of y'all like lawless huh none of y'all like alexi lawless i i, I like the mustache no i don't i don't I think like his should've... commentary generally speaking all right he hey, when he... i but the only year i lived in new jersey the only year i lived in new jersey there was the um 
the final four for men's soccer was there at Rutgers. And oh yes, for, for Rutgers, and mm-hmm. I was lit as an eighth grade, and my stepdad took me the same. Hey, Final Four is here. Let's go, you and me. So we went and we saw them play against University of Vermont that year. And I remember seeing this big, huge, tall guy as a sweeper because I play sweep with big fro of red Ronald McDonald hair. Like, who is that guy? Ah, uh, Layless. <laughs> Some Layless guy out there. Oh, he's pretty good. I like that Layless guy. Yeah, that was the first I time think... I saw him play when he was in college. Well, you have a connection, a personal connection with him. It, just from a purely soccer commentary standpoint, I I just don't, I don't like think he's that great for that either. Yeah, but it, yeah. Taylor Twelman <laughs> outdoes Alexi Lawless oh, by a mile. Like- yeah, I'm, I'm by a mile. There. And speaking yeah. of his mustache, no. I just want to mention here and you're seeing it uh, on uh, all the videos that you may be watching of my Michelle live. A shout out to real bearded men. Gotta love those real bearded men where they have all the real be- bearded men products to take care of your beard. Because if you're going to have a beard, you know, make it nice. And Josh, get your flipping camera working because you have one of the best beards on the freaking planet so you can go to (laughs) realbeardedmen.com they believe in what we're doing here and they have great products for your beard so there you go you can actually go to get this you can go to mymichellelive.com and if you go to the link for real bearded men even on our front page whatever you buy there you'll get a great discount and we'll get uh credit for that and they'll they'll know you good job supporting uh, my michelle live and sports timeout so there you go hey beard guy what were you gonna say that's why alexi lawless isn't good at commentary because he got rid of the hair and he got rid of the mustache he the, the power was there, and he just cut it off. And also, in a lot of people's, and also in a lot of people's minds, he failed as a GM with the Los Angeles Galaxy, Galaxy. I believe. Yeah. So, uh, Alexi's running on fumes, hey, running on <laughs> reputation. Josh, uh, you're going to get all geared up to give us the NFL kickoff countdown. But in the meantime, I would really like to get a little uh, baseball update. Go ahead. Do, do, Hello? Do, do. Can you hear me now? Speechless. We can hear you now. There you go. All right. Yeah, it's an exciting time for baseball. It's been hard. I know I missed a couple of weeks there, but it's been, uh, it's been a difficult but great time at the same time. An emotional leader of the clubhouse in Kendall Graveman was traded to our rivals, the Astros, just, I mean, we talked about this last time, hours afterwards, and that that had an effect on the team for a while. But what we have seen recently is the return on that investment in in Abram Toro, who has been really, really good. He's hitting almost 500 right now, and he's really proven his worth as now that he's getting the ability to play every day. And as a guy who you're looking to be part of your team long-term, I'm not sure where he's going to end up. He's trying out second base right now. Uh, You know, if we don't keep Seager around long-term, that is more of his natural position. So we'll see. We're also seeing Luis Torrens, who has been great since coming back. His defense behind the plate is awful. So they're actually – his bat's been great. So they're trying to keep him in the lineup. They're putting him with reps at third, reps at second. So it's been an exciting time right now as we're kind of seeing these guys develop their utility so we can keep him in the lineup and give Scott Service a chance to really – 
really stretch out what this team can do. Having a longer lineup is one thing, but also having the ability when you only have really three players on the bench to have different guys you can put in and pinch it situations and move people around defensively and still feel good about that, that's worth its weight in gold. And so I think we're coming to a really good place right now. We're right now in the middle of a series with the Yankees that really – they're right ahead of us in the wild card hunt. So it feels like playoff baseball. Marco Gonzalez taking the mound tonight. It, it's been so exciting. These guys have been exciting to watch every day. They're a team that doesn't want to lose, that doesn't give up. And okay. it, it's worth going out and supporting them at the, at the ballpark. I love getting the enthusiasm of Josh. And we love kind of following your passion because the, the Mariners uh, that, he, that he so loves, they have had the longest run of not, not being in playoffs of any major league team. Not in, just in baseball, but any major league team altogether. So watching, sport, yeah. watching the potential rise is pretty good. We're in week 17, are we not, guys? Of 17 of what? Um, which What week are we in baseball? Uh, week a lot. Week a lot. We're halfway through the season. I don't, I don't count by weeks. <laughs> yeah. By <laughs> okay. R squared. All right. All right. I, the, so only, the only time marker I use for baseball is, is the All-Star game, which which uh, is typically <laughs> midway. But uh, I, I did I did want to ask Josh a quick question, if you don't mind. Yeah, Because we we were doing so well and playing, you know, these top teams and beating them. I mean, we just uh, won the series against um, the uh, – was the Rays, the, the Tampa Bay, yeah, and and yet we lose the the series to Texas. So what yeah. what what goes on mentally? Why why do you why do you end up losing those those types of series? You know, I think the 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 games to Texas were hard. Those I think were the ones that we're seeing the fallout of losing Kendall Graveman. The team took that harder than the fans did. To be honest, a lot of people in the team were really hurt by that because he was such an emotional leader on this team. But you have to understand, you know, like he had, he only had this year left on his contract. So from a baseball perspective, you trade a half year, well, not even a half year, you know, like a, a third of a year of Kendall Graveman in exchange for four or five years of chase? Abraham Toro and then another pitcher that's not as good in high leverage, but you have control over him and he's a decent reliever arm. You know, it just made a lot of sense to make the trade but from an emotional perspective, these guys are, I think at the time, they were seven games over 500. They're winning a lot of close games. They're playing with passion. To lose an emotional leader, it's really tough. And I feel like those games, you just saw them kind of slumping a little bit. You know, kind of like sitting back and be like, I don't know. Like, do they? There was actually an anonymous uh, quote that came out of the clubhouse of one guy saying, like, it's the same old, same old. It's always rebuild. You know, we're winning. Is it always going to be a rebuild? You know, there was there was some hurt there, especially among some of the veteran players, I feel. But they bounced back. And like you said, they took they took a series against the Rays, who at the time had the best record in their division, their division leaders, and one of the best in the entire conference. So if they, they have the ability to go out there and play good baseball, I think there was just a real emotional time. Because, again, we had an emotional high of beating the Astros in late in the game, in overtime. 
And then to go back and lose the pitcher that really like sealed the game for you, that has been nails this season and ERA under one was the leader of a bullpen. That's been a complete surprise this year and how well they've been able to do and what they've been able to bring to the table. Which I'd like to remind our listening viewing audience of the fact that early on in pre before the season started and we're making predictions and I was the only one who from our sports roundtable, Matt wasn't with us at the time, uh, who said that the Mariners uh, would make the playoffs. And I'm still hoping, but one of the things that was cited, which, you know, Josh, you did point out the fact that our, our bullpen has overperformed. We performed better than, than we thought that we were going to, but, uh, but I'm still holding out that hope that we're going to make the playoffs. I got you there. I want to, uh, because our audience is not just from Seattle, so I don't want to lose everyone in just, you know, in, in delving in too deep. Uh, while it's fun to follow, though, I did want to uh, point out one of my favorite moments from the Wii Kansas City versus the White Sox. You've got to see this catch. I mean, oh, M G watch, watch this. See if we can get it to play. We'll do sound. And there we go. Vaughn Andrew Vaughn. Boom. He's got it. Boom. I mean, that for me was yes, the played a lot of right. You can see that again. Vaughn will leave his feet and he's got it to end the inning. He hasn't played a lot of right. What a nice catch to end the inning and the Royal. Yeah, that was just amazing. So that was my just I'm just giving you my highlight of the week. What I thought was one of the best plays in Major League Baseball. Joshua, it is time. The NFL countdown countdown to kickoff. We have 34 days, 4 hours, 10 minutes, and 40 seconds to I do we have some NFL. All right, guys, as we talk football, uh, let's talk some of the big news stories. Uh, there's some political stories. There's some interesting injury stories. Uh, there's uh, people making money stories. Who wants to volunteer? Where do we start? Okay, I will. Uh, let's let's uh, take on an injury story. Um, Carolina Panthers wide receiver Keith Kirkwood. Did you hear about that injury? Mm, yes. Big yes, yes. hit. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it, Matt? I'll go ahead and finish. Yeah, he was uh, he was taken off uh, with by a stretcher, big hit uh, by JT Aby, who was later waived. Um, just a really oh gosh, you hate seeing this. We were talking earlier when you were talking about Josh uh, gymnastics and Simone Biles, and you know being right in the game because uh, you don't want a career-ending injury. And boy, this I don't know what if Rich, do you know an update? Uh, he is doing, he is doing well. There's no, uh, paralysis, uh, news as far as I know, but, uh, JT Ibe is looking for another job. He may be, uh, riding, uh, riding or driving a bus now since he's been, since he's been waived. Yeah. Uh, this is one, it's not too smart to take out one of your, uh, 
your team's starting wide receivers. I know guys are trying to make a name for themselves. Well, that's part of practice. we've talked about that before is that uh, do you play? I know you you don't want to take out one of your teammates. I know you you know you want to preserve, but and I understand. And just as you said, Rich, uh, they're trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to stand out. That's part of what uh, camp is all about. But on the other hand, he's, we've also he's standing about, out now. <laughs> We've also talked about how it can it, it can result in injuries later when we're too soft and fluffy uh, in preseason, Josh. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for being able to take a hit and consistently having your body ready for it. I really worry as we move towards a world without training camp or without preseason games that it seems to be pushed for a lot these days that if you're not used to taking a hit, the first time you take a hit is week one. I mean, that, I don't know. I used to play pretty rough. I can't imagine, you know, taking months and months off from being hit then just going back and expecting to just jump right into it. It takes a special kind of person to be ready for that. You know, like it, it you got to live tough and you got to practice stuff. You got to be ready for it so that you can also give it, you know, like there's a hesitancy that can come in a lot of things, not just sports, if you're not keeping yourself prepared, like I used to work security, you got to make sure you keep your mind sharp. You got to make sure that you're paying attention to your surroundings and it's a different way of looking at life. And I think that to a large part, if you want to be violent on the field, you have to have that mindset for it, not just in the couple of months you play, but you got to be ready for it, you know, and get yourself prepared. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to do it all year round, but you know, certainly leading up to it, getting your body ready for it, getting your mind ready for it. To me, that's that's huge. Well, Matt, um, understanding our bodies, stretching, stretching, strengthening. You're the guru in this. You you help people every freaking single day. So I'd like your thoughts on that. I well, Josh, like you said, you, you do have to prepare your body, and but there's also using your brain. And yeah. when you go in for something, as, yeah, you, as yeah. we've all been through a training camp situation, the guys on your team, you're trying to make the team. If you're a you know, rookie or say you're a, a freshman or a sophomore and you're trying to make your, your high school team, you're going to go in a little harder, but saying you, you still have to know, all right, I, I'm not going to take I can't hit out. this guy in the head and knock him, him out. <laughs> if I hit him in the head during the game, an NFL game, I'm fined $20,000 now. So it, oh, there's, good there's point. A, that's a, line, a good point. Man. There's, there's all right, a line some, to be done, and that's all I'm saying. Something else you can't do with your head. Something else you can't do with your head that has to do with the NFL. You cannot put on your head a Native American headdress. You cannot face paint your head uh, with face paint. Uh, so according to the Washington football team, formerly known as, uh, come on. As those guys. Yes, those guys. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're making, they're drawing some lines. Uh, you guys hear this story? Uh, yeah. And uh, this is a bad move by Daniel Snyder and his administration because it brings back all the things that you've been trying to get it. You've been trying to get under control and you've been trying to be trying to not be known for you're reminding people of the fact that you have a problem, uh, changing your name and getting away from the potential, uh, of the name being offensive. 
I mean, the, the Redskins should not be in this situ in this situation. Uh, it brings up all kinds of bad memories. It brings up the fact that Daniel Snyder is the worst owner in the NFL. It brings up the fact that he doesn't know how to conduct himself business wise with his employee. It brings up all kinds of negative things for the Washington football team. It's all right. It's nothing good. Nothing good can come from this. Nothing good you can know, come so from this. You nothing's happening in in, uh, in Kansas City, right? Nothing seems to be happening in Kansas City except Ooh. winning. <laughs> Ooh, does that go back to that distraction issue we were talking about yeah. earlier? Yeah, good point, Matt. You know, I mean, come on, just saying. Uh, you gotta, you do have a good point there. Plus, did anyone forget that imitation is the most sincere form of flattery? I mean, people aren't going. I, I think I've said this before. My gosh, it's like deja vu. People aren't going out saying um, in American uh, Native American. Stink. They suck. You know, people aren't doing that. They're wearing it because they are badass, because they're fierce, because uh, they be they believe this is cool. You know, that is a lot of where we've gotten, I think, off the mark um, with cultural appropriation. When you are when you are appreciating a culture and you are utilizing the culture, eating the food, uh, wearing things that are like what that culture would wear, you're endearing yourself. You're not, you're, you're building bridges rather than tearing them down. Well, Daniel, Daniel Snyder could have a problem. Go ahead. Think it's, go ahead, Matt. People think it's, it's always a mockery. So they're, they're yeah. looking for a reason. And sports is not a mockery. You know, the Cleveland Indians is not a mockery. You know, Kansas City Chiefs are not mockery. The Florida State Seminoles are not mocking anything. You know, it's a mascot. It's power. It's what you rally around. It's not, well, let's go, you know, piss on the Seminole. That's not what it's about. It's let's get strength. This is well, somebody who's a warrior. You know, go ahead, Rich. You were going to speak. Well, here's here's and to Michelle's point, here is the problem with this situation, because there's also been speculation. Let's keep it with the Washington football team example for a minute here so we can discuss this. The Washington football team, I believe, according to some sources that I have and some knowledge that I have, has also had also floated the name Warriors. But Native American people in that area had said that's still too close to the Reds to the Redskins and a lot of the connotations there. And I can un and I can understand that. But Daniel Snyder has put himself in this situation because he's not made a definitive solution to the to the situation. Just calling it the Washington football team, you're delaying you're delaying the inevitable. Choose a different choose a different name. You're a professional business. You're a professional businessman. You have made and how millions many of dollars. Have they been the the football team formerly known as? I mean, how how many seasons now? Two. One once actually one see actually okay. one season last one season last season. Let me give you an example of how this is done right. The Edmonton Eskimos of the Canadian Football League ha, ha, have had the same kind of criticism in their their recent history from. Uh, the Inuit people in Canada, that they are not an Eskimos is not a nickname, not appropriate. The Edmonton Eskimos have changed their name for this season and all going forward to the Edmonton Elks. This is not rocket science, people. 
if your people are telling you your own fans and the people that you want to to try and please, if those people are telling you to change the name, then just change the name. Just change the name. Yeah, but what but about I think the Elks? The Elks but, uh, can't speak out for themselves. What if the Elks are offended by this? You know, who speaks for the Elks for crying out loud? Where they is They should be the Washington Pita? Politicos. How about the Washington <laughs> well, here's, Politicos? I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you three different... Well, they weren't going to be the Patriots. I'll give They're you... I'll give you three different... I'll give you three different nicknames that the Washington football team could use to get away from this entire situation and focus on rebuilding their franchise real quick. The Washington all Americans, the Washington Sentinels, and we go back to the North American soccer league and steal a name, the Washington diplomats. I just solved, I just solved the problem. Who is diplomatic? No. Who would buy that? I don't know. Right? I think it Sentinels, should be Yankee Doodle. No one would go for that. I think that that would be that would be offensive to people. Uh, your first suggestion, yeah, maybe Josh. Washington Sentinels is offensive. Explain that to me, Michelle. I'm just saying, who would? Okay, come on. Anyone on this on this panel think that someone's not going to be offended by that's that's not what anyone. I'm asking, is there anyone that that agrees that that would not find someone would not find that offensive? I don't know. It's probably white male centric or something. (laughs) I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with the Redskins, but. I'm, you know, yeah. there you go, Josh. Go ahead. I don't know. For, for a DC team, I don't know. I think the only appropriate name that that particular franchise could go with is Yankee Doodle. If I may just add to the conversation here a little bit, just as a person of color, I, I feel like um, the issue that we have to be careful for, and and I, I agree, I, I haven't had no issue with with any of these team names. Um, but what my, my high school team was the Hayek Raiders, okay, or my junior high team. And there was a, a little, um, a, a young tribal person, you know, with a little tomahawk. And, and that, that was our team logo. And, it, you know, that was way, way many years before any of the political correctness thing came, came to be. But, but I think where people are finding offense, and, and I think there's fair and legitimate conversation to be had about um, caricaturing a culture and, and, a, and a people group. Maybe and, you can say that. I think that we should have thicker skin as a person of color and as a woman. Uh, but why don't we hear anybody protesting the fighting Irish, the little leprechaun? You know, why don't the we Vikings. The Vikings, yeah. Well, but also, Michelle, in the Hispanic culture, there, I mean, maybe there's Speedy Gonzalez, which who has been canceled, of course. And uh, yeah, but I, I was never offended by shame. Speedy Gonzalez. He I was like cool Speedy. and it was yeah. fine. Or the or the caricature of the yeah, lazy Mexican me. with the big sombrero taking a nap because, you know, they believe in something freaking amazing, which is siestas. siestas. We should all take siestas. We'd be a all better right. people if we Sign all just up. took a, a kindergarten nap. If we want to argue like kindergartners in the sandbox, we should be being put down for a nap. I'm just saying, guys, you know, um, you know, 
I get it. I hear you. And, and, uh, but I think that we have gotten to a place where we set the standard here for offense. And then now that there's nothing to get offended for, well, then I'm offended by this. And I think it's a distraction from really I think thinking that's a very about good the point, deeper Michelle. problems that we have a, a disconnection in our world. We have a disconnection from God. We've offended God. Maybe we should be thinking more about how we've offended God and how we can make things right there. I know, See, Josh, Michelle, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, uh, Josh. No, nah, I was just going to say, if we're going to talk about weird team names, can we talk about the Padres? I mean, the team's out there being named Daddy. Like, <laughs> Who's your daddy? Yeah, like, go daddies. Like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, you're a dad. No one talks about that. that you're a dad, priest. Josh. It's, Why it's are you priest. complaining that's about that? that? That's what they are. That's that's for the Sandy, the history of the San Diego area, the missions. Mm -hmm. There you that's go. I think that's the funny. Yeah. That's funny. Guys, uh, one thing I did want to mention, I know we're getting uh, close on time, but uh, I thought this was really important as long as we're talking about people and offense and where it's appropriate to be offended. And I stand behind uh, some of the gender equity issues with the NCAA. Um, it's a college, right? We're not talking about who's making more money, uh, who has the bigger contracts. This is college. And there should be equal access. There should be equal uh, equity in 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 facilities. And that was a, a pretty long-awaited review that has come out recommending that the Final Four have some equity for men and women's basketball. Rich, yeah, th this is going to be really good. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to say these guys don't even know their own these guys don't even know their own history this whole idea of having the men's and women's final four at the same site it's already been done these guys had not these guys don't even remember their history can i the sports encyclopedia will give you some history right now in 1989 <laughs> in seattle we had the final four encyclopedia guess Rich. where the women's final four was the tacoma dome just down the freeway from the you? 19 right. the 1989 go. women's final four when tennessee won their second national title under pat summit beating auburn 70 to 66 or 70 to 77 to 60 she won her second national title at the tacoma dome guys you're not learning from your own history you didn't need this report let's do it men's and women's basketball two of the most yeah. popular sports for college sports this should have been done a long time ago and this should be made a big deal this is a way to move sports forward i agree anyone else have anything to say there before we get to our final shot i i do on that i you know it, it's obviously facilities access so in regards to you know the weight rooms or the hotel rooms or the restaurants or what have you and yes absolutely they should be equal there's no reason shame on them the person should be fired if the women do not gain the same access to the same weight room and facilities but whether the women are in new orleans and the men are in indianapolis i mean there's still great weight rooms in each places i that's, don't that's see how point. that actually well, solves a problem I, I don't know well, if someone's in detroit then you might run into well, issues. well here's my here's my rather be in new orleans here's my point real quick here's my point real quick matt the point is is you can you can promote that as one big event the basket the best women's 
college basketball players and the best men's college basketball players in one place. This is this is why I'm saying this. Okay. The NCAA doesn't do the simple thing. They do the stupid thing first and then correct themselves. <laughs> correct it. All right, guys, we got to get to our final, final shot. And that's where we go around the round table, give a shout out to an issue, a player, a person, or a thing. Let's start with Garrick Payne. Get ready to get Payne. Get ready to get Go ahead. So I've got a special final shot today. I've got some friends that I actually uh, played soccer with over in England. And uh, they're just a wonderful wow. couple. They... Um, they came back to the U.S. and they started this organization um, called On Goal. And they put on soccer camps across the Midwest and other parts of the country. They do camps in England and Brazil as well. And they have a, a soccer team um, called Passion FC. And um, their, their motto is leading people towards life's greatest goal. And um, awesome. it's a, a faith-based organization. They're celebrating their 35th anniversary uh, this weekend. And so my shout out, final shot goes to Tom and Meg Fight and On Goal. You can go to ongoal.org um, to find out more information about this, this great organization. They're based out of Cincinnati. I like it. Thank you very much. That's encouraging. Let's go to Rich. Final shot, I'm going to go back to the Olympics. Women's pole vault, Katie Nagat of the United States, started in the sport because of her father, uh, wears a memorial in her shoe to her father to remind her about her father, who was her very first coach. She wins the gold medal this year at the Tokyo Olympics, 16 feet, 8 inches, and beats the world champion, the defending world champion, to win the gold. I like it. Let's go with Matt. What a guy. What a guy. For allowing their best and brightest to compete in the Olympics. Amen. Not having to actually compete against their sponsors or being somewhere else uh, for a tournament. And, and let the best golfers in the world go for a gold medal. And uh, kudos to the American Xander Shoffley for winning that. And I think you can consider that as a major. Yeah, I like it very much. Uh, let's go with the Wookiee of the Year who is not offended and has not offended the Wookiee population uh, by letting us <laughs> <laughs> use the light. He lets his fur fly, but he doesn't offend anyone. Wookiee of the Year, Josh McMillan. Yes, my shout out, I'm, I'm going to shout out to a couple of old-time Seahawks, Cliff Averill and Marshawn Lynch. Just just great guys. I mean, we know about Cliff Averill and him going to Haiti and building houses, building a school and all that. What a lot of people didn't know is that Marshawn Lynch has actually gone on all of those trips with him to Haiti and actually donated the money to build an entire other classroom in that school. So I love what Cliff Averill's doing, giving back to the community there. But also Marshawn Lynch, who's just like, he's such a great guy because he does wonderful things for communities and helps people out. And he doesn't put it all over the internet. He doesn't blast it on social media. He just likes doing it. You know, he's literally giving the kids the shoes off of his feet. <laughs> He'll go out and be giving out turkeys, you Amen. know, to people around Thanksgiving. You know, he hasn't he's forgotten I, where I he's love, come from. 
exactly. I love that he's out there just helping people and he's not doing it for the fame. He's not doing it for the publicity. He's doing it because that's just who he is. You know, he, he's crass and he's here so he doesn't get fined and we love him. So shout out to Marshall Lynch and Cliff Averill for also being just a, a great guy in what he does. I like it. Uh, guys, my final shot is uh, something that I am sending all of you. You've seen the t-shirt. Everyone's looking at it right now. We have our uh, Sports Time Out t-shirt. I'm kind of excited about it, uh, that we can sport this, run the race, keep the faith, and let people know that you're a Sports Time Out fan. Thank you. Our fanship is growing. Um, our sponsorship, Real Bearded Men. Um, I'm also going to uh, give a shout out to Calatrin. Calatrin is a fountain of youth in the bottle. And so if you want to have your best sports on, make sure that you're Calatrinning up because they can, Calatrin, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, there's nothing better for sleep, aches and pains. As we get older, our collagen goes plummeting. So Calatrin is there for you. So there you go. My final shot. Make sure you go to my Michelle live and you can get your sports time out t-shirt. And here's the big announcement. Uh, if you can email me as uh, we're pretty excited he, uh, for those of us who do live in Seattle, some of us have that connection and you'll hear it come out in our biases. Uh, <laughs> for those of us, uh, I'm pretty excited that we're going to have a Seattle Kraken uh, NHL team. I would like just a hockey question. The first person that can uh, message or email me, Michelle at mymichellelive.com with the answer to this, who won the first Stanley Cup? Um You'll get a my you'll get a my Michelle Live Sports Timeout T-shirt. So there you go, guys. Thanks for hanging out. I love that. I every time we do this, for those of you listening or watching, I get this little this little happy inside every time one of your names pops up and I get to see you and spend time with you. Yeah, we're broadcasting, but selfishly, this is one of the funnest hours I have in the week. So thanks, guys, for being with us today. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Great, great to be with us. Round two. For more fun, go to mymichellelive.com.